You're listening to The 80-20 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of The 80-20 Show. I'm your host, your ghost host, <laughs> Mike Zimmerlich, and my next guest today, plural, is Tara and Marin from Love Like Fiction. Now, mentioning beforehand about Love Like Fiction, Love Like Fiction is a band on 8020 Records, and I also personally manage them, so I just wanted to give you full disclosure there. But Tara and Marin have an amazing story to tell about how they formed the band and how they met the other band members. So Tara and Marin are technically the founders of Love Like Fiction. So without further ado, I give you Tara and Marin. Hey, Tara and Marin, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, just kind of hanging out, you know, happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I appreciate being both on board. I mean, you know, it's like I had to pull you, your legs so much to be on this podcast, right? Yeah, you really did. I'm very busy right now, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I'm your manager and this is what I say goes. So this is one of the perks is that you have to be on my show. Right. <laughs> yeah, you interrupted my uh, Jeff Dunham that I was just watching. So. Oh, really? <laughs> what um, Is it one of his newer ones or older ones? Yeah, it was... Uh, what does that say all over the map so it was when he was doing like his europe tour or something oh, wow. like that yeah it's been a Your it's been a minute cool. it's been a minute since i've seen just uh jeff Durnham play uh perform yeah do he's that. funny yeah oh he's hilarious i love what, what what's your uh <laughs> do you have a favorite character uh walter or ahmed they both make me laugh yeah yes yeah, it's, it's uh i would go back and forth between those two i would definitely say yeah, for sure. Very cool. And how about you, Tara? What you been uh, up to these days? Not much. I mean, just kind of working and hanging out. You know, I raised kittens during quarantine, and I got a little crazy guy running around, and he's obsessed with bottle caps. So every single time you take a cap off of a water bottle, he comes running and jumps up on you and literally asks you for it with his hands. That's really adorable, actually. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> That's actually, you know what? Ballot caps are not the worst in the world because I, I guess they're large enough where they can't swallow them, right? Yeah, he's totally fine. He just yeah. hit them all over the house. It's But now the apartment is literally filled with like bottle caps of all <laughs> different, like Gatorade bottle caps, water bottles, uh, sparkling waters, some alcohol <laughs> bottle caps, like just everything. <laughs> Do you, have you tried like cleaning them up? Like, does he get mad if you clean them up oh, and yeah. throw them out? <laughs> Corey's getting them right now. She's showing them here. These are some that she just found around the house. Wow. Oh, That's a lot of bottle caps. <laughs> That's a lot of bottle caps. That, <laughs> so six right for, here. For the, for the sake that this is an audio podcast, there was like at least five or six in, in yeah. her hands. That's insane. Wow. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that you guys are uh, keeping yourselves occupied right now while we can't uh, obviously go out and perform. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about how you guys got started into music. So, uh, Marin, I'll start with you first. Uh, what made you decide to pursue music as a profession? Um, well, when I was about like five or six, I told my parents I wanted to play drums and we lived in an apartment at the time. So they surprised me with a guitar instead because it's, you know, quieter and you can't really learn drums in an apartment when especially when you're on the second floor in like a three-story apartment like that's just not good no so no, uh, not. 
they started getting me lessons over at Milano. Um, and I kind of like picked it up and kind of liked it. And then I stopped doing it for maybe like a year or two. And then I picked it up again and just fell in love with it around like sixth grade or so. Um, and then that's when I actually started my first band through Milano. They had like a program where they put you with a bunch of other students that were taking lessons there. And I just fell in love with it from there. So I've been in bands since sixth grade and just kind of stuck with it. And then, uh, you know, eventually in high school, I was like, well, I want it to be like an actual career. Like I want to, I want to make something with this. And, you know, and that was just kind of the start of love, like fiction in a way. So it's my story. <laughs> That's amazing. How, how about you, Tara? How did you get started? Um, my dad is a huge, huge music lover. So he, you know, sang in bands, played guitar in bands. And then when he was, you know, a little older and married and had kids, he decided he wanted to take the drums up. So he himself started taking lessons, but you know, we still lived in Illinois and he bought a drum set and he had it, I remember in up in his master bedroom. And then sometimes when he'd have uh, other musicians come over and play with him, he'd bring the drums downstairs. But um, he learned how to play and me and my brother were both really like interested and you know, it was just this loud thing in our house. So we wanted to check it out. And he, uh, he started, he taught me when I was 10 years old and I remember spending the entire day just practicing and getting down that basic drum beat so that I could just, you know, start learning more things because I knew once you got past that, that like little initial hump, you could just learn it all. So I worked really hard at it and, uh, and started doing that. And like Marin, I think my first band, I was also in sixth grade. It was called Nightshade but it was N-Y-T-E-S-H-A-Y-D-E. Of course, so it was very easy for people to find because it's easy to spell. (laughs) Um, We totally killed it at the sixth grade talent show, Timber Ridge Middle School in Illinois. I remember walking down the hallway afterwards and every single person, people that I didn't even know were patting me on the back. And it was really, it was like a really cool experience. We played She by Green Day and Breed by Nirvana. Nice. My guitar nice. literally slid on his knees and did the solo. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we were sixth graders. That's, that's awesome. really, really cool. Awesome. So you were born and raised in Illinois, yeah. uh, correct? So yes. what, what made you decide to move out to Arizona? I was brought here by my parents. I was only 14 when we moved. It was 13 or 14. It was 2004, I think. Um, but yeah, we were just, you know, my parents were sick of the cold. My dad had a really bad back. Um, cold weather wasn't good for him. And my parents came out here and started their own company. So Wow. That's amazing. That's actually very similar to my story because uh, when I was around 14, 15 years old, my family moved from New York because they were tired of the cold and yep. wanted to move to warmer climate. And so oh, yeah. we picked up the whole family, moved out to Arizona. And my parents are also entrepreneurs, so they were able yeah. to take the entire business with them. And wow. to Arizona with it. So that's awesome. How about so you? They could do that. Yeah, it, it, it was very fortunate because my folks own a software company. So because of that mm-hmm. reason, you know, they, you know, so they actually had a couple of employees come out with them from wow. New York out to Arizona. Wow. And so, you know, but they were able to be mobile like that. It was very, I was very lucky as a kid growing up because of that fact, because we would take vacations um, when, you know, like on these odd times so that we would just get out of school for like a week. And while, you know, not during the breaks, we just go ahead and go to Disney World and things like yeah. that. And it was, it was amazing because the crowds were super quiet. And the only thing that we knew as kids is that my folks still had to work. 
you know, cause they're, they own their own business. So mm-hmm. we would take breaks throughout the day yeah. while we're in the parks and they just answer phone calls and things like that in the meantime. Yeah. And frankly, I actually loved it because it was like, oh, I can't take a little break from the rides. Cause you know, I'm not, I was not that kind of kid that just had to be on everything all at the same yeah, time. Totally. I like to have breaks and like, I enjoyed midday going back to the hotel room and taking a nap and then going back in the evening, <laughs> you know? So how about you, Marin? Uh, have you, were you, are you a native Arizona native or did you move here? Uh, no, I'm actually from Santa Rosa, California. I mean, I moved to Arizona when I was about five. So, I mean, I've practically been here most of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, my parents just kind of moved here because it was cheaper and I get, I was getting sick a lot. Uh, I kept getting pneumonia and stuff like that because of the cold. Um, and it kind of just everything got better once we got here and the heat and everything, which sucks it's hot here but <laughs> it is very hot yeah. here and during yeah. this recording it's we're in the middle of the summertime <clears throat> where it's like okay yeah we're gonna be in triple digits for the next two months oh yeah, yeah. did you see tomorrow it's gonna be 115 i think yes yeah. Gross. So excited. i it's like it's like beating a record right yeah yeah it's like yay arizona good job <laughs> yeah, good job we did it we're the hottest you did it. <laughs> oh man i i think the only places that get hotter than us is, is, is like death valley in in the u.s mm-hmm. i think that's the only other place like outside of like i know vegas also gets really hot too mm-hmm. yeah so but anyway um besides the weather uh, i would like to hear <clears throat> more about love like fiction so how did i know you two were the main originators of the band correct essentially yeah. so talk yeah. about that how did uh, you guys basically meet? love like fiction's only real because of me and marin hey. <laughs> we need all the credit I, well, yeah. we did. Yeah. In fact, when when um just in in uh perspective here, I interviewed Nick ahead of time from this recording. So and Nick mentioned the same thing about how you two were the originators of the band and so forth, and how he came to meet you guys, and um that you were part of this band called Love Like Fiction. So yeah, tell tell me more about how you guys met, how the band got formed. Ren, do you want to take it since you kind of started it? Yeah, sure, sure. Um. So basically it started when I was a freshman in college. I was currently going to ASU for engineering and, you know, I just kind of hated it. And I, you know, I always had the passion for music and that's what I wanted to do. But at this time in my life, I had kind of given it up. I was like, I need to do, you know, get a real job, all that kind of stuff. And then I went to a Green Day concert that they were doing here in Phoenix um, that my dad just had one of his friends you know, he couldn't go and he just gave me the tickets the same day. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. Like, let's go see Green Day. And so I watched Green Day and I just fell in love with it all over again. I was like, no, that's what I want to do and I'm going to make it happen. So um, at the time it was kind of funny because I was working with Tara and I mean, we weren't like close or anything like that, but I knew she played drums. I saw her like Instagram, she would post uh drum videos and stuff like that so I was like messaged her one day I was like I know this is kind of weird because we don't really talk a whole lot but would you be interested in drumming in a pop punk band I'm trying to get one together and she was like hell yeah I was like oh shit oh. I was like <laughs> oh okay. you know <laughs> she's she's excited about it like that's awesome let's get it started and then you know we kind of just went through members for like a year before we finally found Frankie and then you know that took forever too trying to find a bassist and a vocalist and then we eventually found uh paul and nick which tara has a little bit more insight on because she's the one that found them so i'll let her take it 
Um, yeah, I mean, Marin's, you know, not lying. It was, it, it, we went through so many different people. Um, and it was rough. It was rough for a while. And, and it was like, it was like either the person, either, you know, that we auditioned, like, had a great personality, but like the talent that we were looking for wasn't there. Um, or it was like the talent was like, like just through the roof, like phenomenal. And then it was just like the personality, like meshing with Marin and I wasn't really there. And it was, it's really hard to find because, because if you want a band to make it, you need to find people that you can be around 24 seven. I mean, think of a tour and stuff like that. So it was like, if we weren't getting along with a person, then it wasn't going to work no matter how well they could sing or play their instrument or whatever it was. So yeah, about a year and a half ish, we found Frankie and he was great at a guitar and he had a voice, but he didn't want to sing lead. He didn't think that he was, you know, what, like he was good enough for that. Um, but he was down to uh, sing backup and everything. And I don't know, some stuff happened. Me, uh, Marin and Frankie started going forward with everything and, Frankie and I both, both had some personal issues going on in our relationship um, with, with relationships that we were both having um, at the time. And uh, I think Frankie was the first one that was like, Hey, I'm going to pull out of this. Like we can't find a bass in a, in a singer. So um, I can't really do this anymore. And then I think I like kind of looked at Marin and I was like, yeah, I don't know like what's going to happen anymore. And so then suddenly she started it and then she was suddenly like the only one like still trying to make it happen. So like really like so much credit goes to Ren for like pushing through. And I remember I went through, I was going through like a breakup and Ren called me and she walked around the mall with me for like, I don't even know how long, like two hours or something. And like, just let me like get all of my venting and sadness and frustration out. And by the end of it, she was just like, all right, so you ready to make love like fiction a thing? <laughs> and I was just like, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, please come on. So she starts sending me more vocalists and I'm still kind of like, oh, I don't know. We've already seen so many vocalists. I don't even think there is anybody else left in the Phoenix area. And uh, I was like laying in bed and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do one last post on Facebook in the, like the Arizona musician section of, uh, of it. And Nick wrote me like almost immediately. And not only did he write me and like, when you like, I get like hit up by a vocalist, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. And like then, but like he sent along like a track of his, of him in him and Paul in the old band, but I didn't know about Paul yet. And I heard his voice and I just remember I was, I was like, uh, I just was in the parking lot of my work going into work. And I was like, sending it immediately to Marin. I was like, you need to listen to this. Like, <laughs> like this kid can sing. And his best friend's a bass player. And when Frankie was like all gone and everything, I did uh, call Frankie up or text him or something. I said, please just meet them. That's all. Just please meet them. And we all met and it was, it was like fireworks. That's yeah. Incredible. Like instantly, instantly. We were just vibed so well. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. It was. So how do you meet Frankie, by the way? Frankie was, um, through an ad, uh, his friend knew that he wanted to be in a band and his friend saw one of our ads from prior. And uh, he sent us a bunch of his acoustic uh, videos and him singing. And me and Marin were like, come hang out with us. And you know, we, we met him at 
SER Soundworks and we paid for the session if he would jam with us and he was awesome. So yeah. we kept moving forward with Frankie. That's very cool. And I have to ask, how did the name uh, Love Like Fiction come about? Love Like Fiction came about when I was having a conversation with a friend because he was writing a book and I was writing a, a lesbian novel with my best friend, Amelia. And we were really just talking about like love and like the idea of love in movies and television and novels and how like it just gives you that really giddy feeling like like I feel like so many people you know that's why there are so many romantic movies and and, and books and stuff but um just that like a love like fiction like there's no greater love than like the fake love that you see in the movies because we all try to you know make that happen in real life and usually fall pretty short but you know, you still want to search for that love like fiction. That's great. That's a really good, that, honestly, that's one of the best meaning meanings behind a name I've heard so far. Cause most <laughs> bands are like, I don't know. I looked in a dictionary and this thing sounded <laughs> cool and nobody else had it. So, you know, we're called, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, uh, when I was, a, when I was, I can't believe I'm going to say this. When I was a teenager, I was, uh, I was really into, uh, creating my own like samples and loops and things like that too. And, oh. uh, so my, my, uh, alias was keratin and keratin is some sort of bio i don't even remember what it was it was some sort of biological name that i found in a dictionary somewhere i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna call myself oh that sounds kind of cool i'm gonna call myself keratin <laughs> that's like that's so usually funny. like and you know you know what i'm talking about like most of the time that's how names come form it's just like eh, we didn't oh, need to call yeah. ourselves something so here it is so it's great it's great to hear the the uh attention to detail and the thought process behind a name like that and that actually comes from a meeting and i know having obviously met all of you guys that that's something that i feel rings true to all of you and and through the music as well is about you know you know about supporting each other and and about loving each other and so forth and that's true with both your songs as well as just in general how you present yourselves well thank you that was <laughs> yeah, yeah i like thank that you so much Oh, my pleasure. Ryan, right, do you remember what the other names were going to be? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, uh, yeah, there is um, Bad Luck Kid. Bad Luck oh, that's not bad. My that's favorite. not bad. Yeah, exactly. I think that one's probably my favorite, too. Uh, there's, there's Yes, No, Maybe. Um, not bad. Yes, it was no, not maybe. great, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. I mean, the, um, the band makes the name a lot of times, too. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Gosh, there was one other one that we were deciding on, and I can't remember it. Yeah. It actually came up on the only reason why I remember these names is it came up on my Facebook timeline, like of memories, because I made a Facebook status of like, which one should we go with? And we had three the three names, and Bad Luck Kid definitely got like number one. Yeah. Um, was Love Like Fiction in that, in that list too, or no? No, no. So. Okay. It so was this before that. Yeah. 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 It was before that bad luck kid and it's gonna drive me crazy not thinking of that third name. I know. God. Was it like check yes or something like that? I feel like or it was was it the please stand by thing. No. No, that wasn't it either. I don't know. Can't remember. Well, I'm that. glad that you guys picked Love Like Fiction. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. That's a very yeah. good name. Us too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So I also want to reiterate how long it took for you to find the the group that you currently have because you know, as you know, as a band, chemistry is everything. You have to get along with your bandmates, as you said, Tara. And so just to re I just wanted to reemphasize how long that took you from 
the time that you decided to create a band until the time you actually found the right members for the group. It took what one to two years. How long did it take to get that together? I can't yeah. remember when me and Marin started. Um, I want to say though, I used to tell everybody that like we found Frankie a year and a half in, <laughs> and then we found um, Paul and Nick. I think the email or like the message on Facebook was like July first, two thousand eighteen. So we met like July second, two thousand eighteen. Like it was something like yeah. That. Wow. Um, when we met everybody. So now yeah. it's already like it's interesting. I mean, with everything going on in the world right now it kind of feels like this year is just doesn't getting count. wasted <laughs> for, you know, band, what we can do with the band right now, but, um, which is unfortunate, you know, like, and it's, it's also very unfortunate what's happening in the world, but, um, yeah. So technically we've been together for like over oh, two years. Oh, two years. Yeah. Two years. Over two wow. years it, yeah. It took so long to find members just to put it in perspective. I went through two college major changes before we got okay, up, like fiction. that really puts it in perspective right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I went from engineering to a major in business to a uh, major in audio production. So wow. before we got love, like fiction, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. But you know what? I think that's important for people to, to, for people to understand because these things do take time. And I know as you've witnessed yourselves that it can be very discouraging trying to find the right people to form a band with. And it, it does take time to find those right people. And some, you know, you have to be patient and find and put yourself out there and jam with people and see what they're like as, a, as you know, do they gel with you? You got to vibe check them. You got to vibe check yeah. them. No question. You have to. So I really, you know, it's amazing. And I, I'm really glad that you guys stuck it out because, you know, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have the amazing band that you guys are now because of that. So I hope that's a good message for anybody who's looking that's currently in the process of looking for a band right now, because it does take time and it's well worth it to put the effort in to make sure you have the right people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So don't give up. You heard it here first, me and Marin. Yep, don't give up. <laughs> takes don't patience. Give up. Takes patience. Yeah. A lot, a lot of patience, and a, a really good friend like Marin who keeps you moving forward. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I want. I do want to talk about um, a couple things. So uh, actually, interesting question for you guys. So uh, obviously, you've now released quite a bit of music at this point in time. Was this the first time? Was Love Like Fiction the first band where you went to this, the recording studio or were you in the recording studio before that? Uh, I personally didn't have any bands that recorded their music. I was in the recording studio before. You were in the recording studio before? How about, so I'll, I'll ask you then, Marin, what was it like um, as then the band as of now? What was it like being in the studio for the first time together? Oh, man. The first time we recorded, we were recording... Um, uh, bilingual baby on bipolar and once we got our first like take back like it was just surreal like honestly because it's just something I wanted for so long and you know my prior uh, band that was I guess semi-serious um, before that it was like a really really bad metal band <laughs> um, 
and it's just like I always pushed them to like let's go in the studio but they you know they just were more interested in playing live they didn't have really any interest in like being that kind of band and taking it to that professional type level so it was just like a dream come true for me to finally hear you know a polished version not just like a crappy YouTube video of us playing at a venue so it was it was really nice to hear everything and be able to add different layers that you can't necessarily do live when you're first starting off you know so it was definitely really cool Brian, you and I were together when we, I think we drove to and from the studio and we, he did, he, he, um, it was Eric Jensen and he got us like a, you know, like the first take, the first cut of it that we listened to on the way home. And we like, we were emotional. We were just like wearing it and we had the windows down and we were just like over and over and over the whole drive home. Yeah. It was cool. It was was, was a moment. (laughs) It was definitely a moment. I was getting teary-eyed the whole car ride home. I was like, I finally did it. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Uh, that's one one of the joys of of doing uh, is being representa- uh, representation for artists is that I get a chance to witness those cuts and seeing the progression of a, literally a, a recording being made. And it gives me such joy, uh, especially when I'm hearing, you know, hearing what's coming out and getting so excited for it. And uh, I, I got to admit, too, I get pretty teary eyed, too, when I hear music for the first time from from the artists, because it's, it's like, yeah, we we're doing it. We're actually like they're we're getting the thing that we can do something with it. And it becomes, <laughs> yeah. I get so, so excited. It's one of the biggest joys. And uh, I like to say that I like to be creative with people who are more creative than I am. And that's something that I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy is that i get i i can't do the things that you guys do uh you know i i I was a musician myself i haven't played in a very long time but i was never able to have the talent to get myself to i I like the joke i can probably get by if i had to like if you're like mike you have to go on stage right now and perform i could probably do an okay job (laughs) but nothing to the level that you guys do and i admire I admire, I admire musicians like yourself so much that you kept at it, you pushed forward, because I know how hard that is to do that and to continue practicing your craft and getting better at it and so forth. And then being in a band too. I used to be a jazz band kid, so I, and I know you know what it's like to perform live with multiple members. It's yeah. not easy. Well, you got to give yourself credit too. I definitely can't do what you do with managing and (laughs) having a record label and stuff like that. Like I see, I mean, I don't see what you do behind the scenes, but I hear about it afterwards and I'm like, I wouldn't even have ever thought of that. Like, and just seeing you like socialize with people and kind of like market yourself as like, you know, businessman. It's just, it's an awesome thing to see. Like I could never do what you do. So it goes hand in hand with each other. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. And you know, it's funny. I never thought, I never thought in a million years I would host a podcast to be honest with you, because I was very much the nerdy introverted kid. Like that was very much me. Like I, didn't really talk to you. I had, I had friends, but not a lot of friends, but I had some friends and, you know, but that was pretty much about it. The only reason why I had more friends than I did was because when I moved to Arizona, I didn't know anybody. So I had to make friends. I was forced into making friends. And so, uh, fortunately the house that I was in at the time with my folks, we actually had a basement. One of the few places in Arizona that actually oh, had wow. a basement and we had 
let me tell you, it was a freaking cool basement because we had a full-size pool table down there. We had a projector so we oh, uh, on like a screen. Cool. So we were breaking out the Xbox and like we we're playing all kinds of games on there. And uh, we did LAN parties. I'm telling you, I'm super nerdy. So we'd have LAN parties and we'd have, bring all the computers downstairs and <laughs> LAN parties. And stuff. So my place literally became like the Friday night hangout where all my uh-huh. buddies would get together and we'd just hang out. So going from there to this is leaps and bounds. So oh, yeah. again, it's the same, okay. it's the same thing as it, it, it took practice. I went to, I can't tell you how many network, uh, networking events I went to that had nothing to do with music. They just used for, for practice to talk about myself, talk about my business. And I was nervous as hell for a long, long time. It took a, it took years of just getting over that fact and being more confident in myself. So well, I've, a funny story too, um, that Mike, I don't know if you remember, I know we kind of talked about it a little while ago is I've actually seen your progression as well. Because when I was 14 in rock and roll high school, you came and you talked to my band and like all the other bands that were in that program. And, you know, about the you having 8020 and kind of like what you do. And so I just I think about that moment every once in a while. I'm like, dang, if I knew when I was 14 that this guy was going to be my manager of my band and I was going to be on his label. Like I would have never believed it. Like, I just think it's so funny. Not that you remember me back then, but like, you know, when we like reconnected, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've met you before. Like, it's just so funny how like, you know, our paths crossed later or earlier in life, I guess. Well, that's also an important lesson to learn too. And I think and you guys do a fantastic job in this. I will say this is something that, that the whole band does very, very well is that you connect with other people extremely well. So whether it's fellow musicians or fans or anything along those lines, you make sure that you're friendly and that you're respectful and you give them your time. And um, just as you mentioned, Marin, about me speaking at rock and roll high school, the reason why I do those things is because I am a strong believer in giving back to my community as much as humanly possible. But at the same token, on this slightly selfish note, is that I don't know who's going to, you know, who's going to do what in the future. So the more people that I'm able to connect with and the more people, um, no, no matter where the stage they're at in their lives, whether they're, you know, 14, 15 years old or, you know, in their 40s and 50s, it doesn't make a difference. I don't know what their life is going to be like. And I can't tell you how many times that that has been a benefit for myself as well as 8020 Records because of seeing, watching people grow and seeing how much they progress. You know, we already have that relationship, even if it's just, you know, speaking to them at, you know, you know, you know, as like a lecture or whatever the case is, or just, you know, having a, just an idle conversation with them. People remember those things. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Important for sure. <clears throat> So, um, all right. So this is really good, actually. I'm trying to think of where we can go from here. Uh, so moving forward then uh, with Love Like Fiction, I would say, what are what are some of the lessons that you guys have learned as being a band? Like, is there, you know, especially in the last year or two, I know this year's kind of been a little wonky. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but what have you guys learned overall as being part of the band? Is there a, a takeaway that each of you have learned, you know, that's important to making sure that you guys stick together? <laughs> Take some thought on that one. Um, I know that was a deep question. I just asked. <laughs> it was a deep question. Um, when we drive cross country, make sure you put all the boys in the back. That's <laughs> very wise. 
as a guy, yeah. I say that's a very, very wise thing. Except not when you're in a truck. Do you, so it's, oh my God. it's kind of a joke, but when we were, so we took Paul's truck to Texas and uh, Paul drove, you know, most of it. And Marin, only Marin and Paul drove like, and then Marin kind of drove like halfway, halfway both ways. Uh, about six hours, uh, each, each way. So, I mean, it takes about 20 hours. So Paul did the remaining, you know, like 14 hours for yeah. each trip. So but it was just funny because, um, I think at one point on the way home, Marin was driving and I was in the front seat and we're like the littlest ones. And we have <laughs> all three boys crammed in the back. I don't really know how I got in the front seat, but I did. Good yeah, I don't, I don't remember how you managed to get up there. I think you literally, like, we stopped to get gas or, like, to go to the bathroom or something, and you literally just seat jacked, like, Paul or something. And you're like, no, I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so funny. You have to think about so, what, what do you take away from a band? Like, from what this band has taught you? It's taught me how to work with, you know, work with other people. Yeah. And, with differences and stuff, you know, um, I feel like I used to struggle with that a lot more than I do now, where now I'm like, okay, we have a difference in opinion or this or that, like, okay, let's try it that way. Like, okay, play it. And now we'll try it my way. And we'll really come to, you know, the conclusion and compromise of like what sounds better and what's the better fit for the band. Um, what's the better anything for, you know, like what's just going to help the band the most and to uh, all agree on that. Yeah, I think probably my biggest takeaway is like you got to put your pride aside uh, in a lot of situations, whether it's like with other musicians uh, in the band or outside of the band. Um, it's not a competition, um, you know, when you're having shows with other local bands and stuff like that, like you're all in a community get together and you want to build the scene together because the more people that's, you know, being drawn to these other bands that you're working with, you know, or is potential fans for yourself as well. So you have to, it's, it's also nice just communicating with these other musicians and other bands and stuff like that. Cause I mean, it's given me opportunities too. like, I've worked with Headspace when they needed, you know, fill in guitars and stuff like that, which, you know, was awesome. I got to meet those guys and kind of get to know them on a more personal level. And it was just a nice experience as well, doing something like that. So you know, working and creating a good community with each other is really important. Absolutely. And the Phoenix scene can, if you, the Phoenix scene can like come together, you know, we could be pretty unstoppable for sure. Absolutely. It's true. Uh, I, one of the things I love about the Phoenix music scene, I'll actually expand it to the Arizona music scene because Tucson and Flag are awesome too when it comes to music, is that there's so much talent here. There's a ridiculous amount of talent here. And yes, Phoenix is a large city. I think it's the sixth largest city. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong. So if anybody's like, Mike, you're wrong about this. Okay, fine. I don't remember exactly. It's like the fifth <laughs> or sixth largest, but it's definitely one of the largest cities in the entire country. And because we have a mixing pot of different cultures from other places, because most people do move here as mm -hmm. all three of us are examples of. We, most people move to Phoenix, so there's not as many natives. So it's an interesting blend of different cultures within the United States that come and form in Phoenix. So it's always an interesting uh, transition of identity for Phoenix, of what is that Phoenix culture or the Arizona culture? What actually is that? And 
because of that reason, it, it becomes, we see these ebbs and flows in the type of genres of music. We see like, you know, a whole wave of like the wave of indie and, you know, in the pop punk scene, and then it kind of waned down a little bit, then it came back again. It, it's very interesting to see that happening in our hometown. And the other thing, I think I've told you guys this before, but I used to live in Los Angeles for a year because I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't sure where A20 Records was going and a friend of mine was getting into film. So I decided to move out there with him because it's LA. I mean, what a better place for me to try to take A20 to the next level than being in Los Angeles. But I found out is that being there is that most of the talent that was in Los Angeles either wasn't ready yet for representation or if they were ready for representation, they already had their <clears throat> eyes set on Universal and Warner and all the big ones because that's the reason why they were there. Right. So it became a challenge for me to actually find talent because even though LA is the Mecca for talent to come there, they're all looking for the, you know, for the big ones. So it was really hard for an independent label to real, unless I had the, those connections to really thrive. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay. And there are a couple other reasons too. I actually got to back together with my ex and that's a whole other story. But, um, <laughs> and she was in, in Phoenix at the time, but I did, but I, I knew uh, for both of our sakes that I, I told her, I said, look, I would only move back if it made sense for me professionally as well. Like I, I can't, you know, even though we're, you know, rekindling a, a relationship, I wanted to make sure that it was, it's the right fit for all of us for the right mm -hmm. reasons. Yeah. And I, after a year, I decided this was, uh, you know, this, this for the right reasons. Our relationship was game, uh, pretty serious at that time. So I decided, okay, you know what, you know, our relationship's going extremely well. I, I ironically, and I'm it's so funny is that I got back together with her after like literally a month or two after I moved out to Los Angeles. And then three months later I met, um, I was uh, visiting Phoenix and I was volunteering for ear candy. They, they don't exist anymore, but they were volunteering for ear. Uh, I was volunteering for this. They, they support, um, you know, music programs for schools and do after school programs and things like that. And, uh, so I was just helping out, you know, here and there and so forth. It's a wonderful organization. And I was hanging out with one of the teachers who was, uh, uh, Henry Bernard, who was the drummer for a dry river yacht club. And so he, and I got along really well. We exchanged information and we kept in touch every single time I came back into town and, uh, one thing led to another and, and end up that driver yacht club signed to 8020 records. So now my biggest band at the time was in Phoenix. My right. girlfriend was in Phoenix. So, <laughs> and I was living in Los Angeles. So at some point I said, there's no, why am I, why am I here? And, and believe me, I love Los Angeles so much. It's, it's it, the second place that I would love to be at is Los Angeles. I love, love being there so much, but I just realized that my opportunities ironically lie here. I think so. I think we lost him. Oh no. Did, did we lose me? Yeah, oh. we did. Yeah, I thought it was on my end for a second. <laughs> no, that's me, and I have no idea why that and that happened last time too. Um, it's fine, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm I'm the host, and I'm talking more about my own stories here. But let's talk about you guys because you're the guests here. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, just uh, kind of wrapping up a little bit here is uh, what you guys have been doing right now, because obviously there's, since there's no shows going on right now and so forth, I mean, I know what you guys got going on, but uh, I would Tell like you guys. Yeah. I mean, first, first of all, misery maintenance, I would like to plug that real quick. Uh, this is definitely some self-indulgent plugging here. Uh, <laughs> misery maintenance, you know, fantastic single 
is doing very, very well. Really happy about that. And we released that, you know, a couple months during the middle of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that's Thank doing fantastically well. The quarantine sessions are fantastic. You guys are doing great job with those. Um, so you guys, you know, I know it's, it's like sometimes it feels like you guys aren't, you know, doing a lot. But believe me, you guys are doing a lot. You're doing plenty. And, you know, what I like about working with you guys is the fact that you're always open for, okay, well, what else can we be doing in the meantime? You, know, you guys are, yeah. you know, you guys are writing. You guys are going back into rehearsing again, which is fantastic. And do, doing it safely, which is also very important. So yeah. you're doing those things. So uh, doing the Twitch Hangouts, which are super fun. And, you know, can't wait for the next one to come up. So um, you guys are doing a lot. But oh, how, how are you guys feeling overall, though? Like, do you guys feel like you're being productive right now or... What was your, what are you guys thinking right now? Um, I think the fact that we're practicing again kind of helps me feel like we're being productive again. Uh, I feel like we started off quarantine being productive and then it died off because we all kind of just started losing motivation by just not being able to do our normal routine. You know, the novelty of quarantine started to kind of wear off and then you're like, it's just draining at this point, not being able to do things. Right. Which is a weird concept since you're literally doing nothing most of the time. (laughs) Well, I feel like ever since, you know, Love Like Fiction, you know, became a reality, we've been really, really passionate and really like in your face, like, you know, with posting, with social media interaction, with shows, you know, just and recording and being in the studio and um, coming up with, you know, PR, you know, getting PR and making sure that we, you know, release our, everything that we release, we want to do it strategically and just all of that. So, um, yes, in the beginning of quarantine, we were still go, go, go. Cause we still had that mentality that we had kept the whole time we had love like fiction. And yes, there was definitely a time, you know, like halfway through that everybody, I just watched everybody, including myself, just like, you just crash. And, um, it's sad and it's, it's hard and, you know, mental health, you know, wise and stuff like that, you know, it's been not the easiest thing, you know, on, I know myself and my bandmates and stuff, but, um, you know, Mike, you've really helped us a lot, you know, keep chugging along and we're so appreciative of that. Um, but yes, being able to practice again is giving me a brand new, like, let's go, let's do this. Like it's coming back and, and it feels great. For sure. And I think that um, getting to write new music is the best thing that could come out of all of this right now. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I thank you so much for both of you for your time for this uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, for all you listening out there, check out Love Like Fiction. And yes, again, shameless plug because they're one of my bands. And uh, but just please check them out. They're really amazing people and some music, really great music. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 show. To learn more about 8020 Records, you can check us out on pretty much any social media at 8020records or visit our website at www.8020records.com. Until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.